the final day of January 2024 is upon us, and please turn in your rankings on the quality of the month based on a variety of considerations. Have you accomplished what you wanted to do? Did you learn something new? And how many editions of Charlottesville Community Engagement did you read or listen to? I'm Sean Tubbs, and for the next 3,000 words or so, none of those questions are relevant. On today's program, the average property in Charlottesville has increased in value by 5% in 2024, according to the City Assessor's Office. The Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority will spend $2.65 million for a building on the downtown mall, and Council has taken the first step toward buying a key CRHA property for $4 million. No one spoke at a public hearing on how to use the city's most recent year-end surplus. The MPO Policy Board endorses a federal grant application to further engineer a bridge across the Rivanna River. And a quick look at zoning clearance applications in Albemarle hints at plans for a restaurant to become a bank, as well as a new storage facility on Rio Road. In today's first Patreon-fueled shout-out, are you interested in learning more about the health of the area's waterways? Want to get some first-hand experience using science to evaluate water quality? Or perhaps you'd like to help keep rivers and streams clear of debris and trash? If so, consider joining the Rivanna Conservation Alliance for a volunteer open house on Thursday, February 15th. You can come by the RCA office on River Road anytime between 4 p.m. and 7 p.m. to learn about their programs and the many ways you can get involved. Staff members will be on hand to share information about their monitoring, restoration, education, and stewardship activities. New and current volunteers are welcome. Light refreshments will be provided. RSVPs are appreciated at rivannariver.org. Sivu play. The city of Charlottesville has returned to a single-digit increase in property assessments after two years of double digits. Assessment notices are now in the mail to thousands of property owners. Here's a section from a press release sent out today. Of the 15,114 taxable properties, residential parcels increased by an average of 5.61%. Commercial properties, including apartments, retail, office, industrial, and vacant land, increased by an average of 3.11%. When taken together, the overall increase is 5%. Nearly 98% of residential properties increased in value, and 83.62% of commercial properties increased. There are three frequently asked questions on the assessor's website worth reviewing for more information. You can get information on why are assessments determined annually, why does Charlottesville assess at fair market value, and what is fair market value. Anyone who wants to challenge their assessment has until February 29, 2024 to file an appeal. You can learn more on the city assessor's website. The governing body of the Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority has approved a resolution giving the director the power to purchase a building in the 300 block of East Main Street, otherwise known as the Downtown Mall. Here is John Sales, 
It's a 22,000 square foot mixed use development with three commercial spaces, three dedicated office spaces, and three three bedroom apartments. The board took their action after coming out of a closed session on Monday. A closed session invoked after a motion from City Councilor Michael Payne. Under Virginia, meetings of public bodies can meet privately for certain matters that are laid out in the motion. I hereby move the CRHA closes with the meeting and go to closed session for the purpose of discussion or consideration of the acquisition of real property and the disposition of property as authorized by Section 2.2-3711. The closed meeting lasted for 23 and a half minutes, and the board then took up resolution number 1468 and voted on it with no discussion. Seeing that there was media present on the Zoom call, Councillor Payne asked CRHA Executive Director John Sales to explain what's happening. Uh, The property will be redeveloped um, in partnership with other entities. Um, that will occupy the uh, commercial spaces, and then CRHA will be moving its uh, headquarters to that building as well. The property formerly provided office space to the firm Silverchair and retail space to Vita Nova. Sales said the property had been listed for two and three quarters million, but sales said it is under contract for $100,000 less at $2.65 million, and the deal should close by the end of February. The apartment units would be renovated for the CRH's use as well. Sales said the agency will seek grant funding to help subsidize those units. There were no comments from any of the members of the CRHA board, and after the vote, there was action on resolution number 1469. This is for the sale of 405 Levy Avenue and 405 Avon Street to the city of Charlottesville for $4 million. We are slated to close by the end of February. Uh, for this property as well. The board had no discussion or comments on that matter either. The sale appears that the CRHA board will not directly follow one of the recommendations of a sustainability study for the agency's future. The work by the firm Northern Real Estate Urban Ventures presented two options for how the CRHA could benefit from the sale or long-term lease of the land. Charlottesville City Manager Sam Sanders briefed council on the purchase at their meeting on January 22nd. He said no final decision has been made about what to do with the property. Because as I have um, spoken very little about this particular project, a lot of other uh, information has been circulating and going beyond what I have said. Sanders said the city will use leftover funds from the COVID-related American Rescue Plan Act to purchase the property. Uh, And we've been able to bring to you an item that would ask that you would allocate a little over $4 million for the acquisition of this site. The intention is to hold the site until we can determine what our housing need is as it relates to homeless services, in addition to permanent supportive housing units, in addition to those that we know are coming online. I am not committing to building a shelter anytime soon. Sanders said the city will now control what happens at the site. City ownership also means no property tax revenue will be collected, a situation that exists anyway under CRHA ownership. Sanders said more work needs to be done to determine how many shelter beds are needed. The NREUV report anticipated the CRHA could have made between $7 million and $11 million in a market rate sale. Sanders said what the city will eventually propose on the site would be dense. 
He also addressed what the other government agency would get from this transaction. I'll add that there are additional community benefits that will come later as CRHA unveils what they would do with the resources that they would receive for this site. It checks additional boxes to benefit the city and its economic development strategies. Last year, the city's Office of Economic Development finalized an economic development strategy which has several goals which could appear relevant. Here they are. Number six is reimagining a more inclusive Charlottesville is an essential part of its economic development future. Here's number seven. Charlottesville has a growing, diverse, entrepreneurial community. And here is number eight. Charlottesville can bridge equity gaps through innovative workforce development. Council held first reading of the purchase at their meeting on January 22nd. Mayor Juan Diego Wade said there will need to be public engagement. We've gotten several comments from residents in the area that bring up some excellent points. I'm still supportive of it, but I, I think that as you know, should we move forward, we definitely need to have some very robust community engagement, as we always do. Councillor Michael Payne said he is excited to see the purchase and added that this did not come from elected officials. This was not a proposal that came from city council. This is a this was a proposal that city management really proactively sought out and looked for. And that is really a sea change, I think, in what city government is prioritizing and how it's operating. Second reading of the resolution will be on the agenda for council's February 5th, 2024 meeting. In December, Charlottesville City Council learned of a $21.7 million surplus left over from the general fund at the end of fiscal year 2023. On January 22nd, they held a public hearing and held first reading on an appropriation of that funding. Chris Cullinan is the city's director of finance. Uh, in order to close out uh, the, that fiscal year, Several year and adjustments need to be made to various accounts, which require city council's action. These adjustments are to carry over unspent funds from the last fiscal year into the current year. The total amount for council to appropriate is $26.3 million when the school's carryover was included. Cullinan said staff recommendations were based on council's previous directions. The two biggest line items are a $15.82 million transfer to the Capital Improvement Program Contingency Fund, and a $2.6 million cost-of-living adjustment for retirees from city government. City Manager Sam Sanders said one reason for a large surplus in fiscal year 23 were vacancies in top-level positions. City Manager Sam Sanders said one reason for a large surplus in fiscal year 23 were vacancies in top-level positions. He said keeping the future disposition of the money flexible can help councillors meet some of their future goals. The surplus being available and placed in the CIP contingency in this manner is how we've been able to make some of the nimble decisions that we've made over the past year. Uh, keep in mind that that is how we purchased KTAC, and that is also how we purchased the Dogwood portfolio, and it was because those funds were available. Here's some details on some of that spending. The school board's $5.3 million purchase of KTAC closed on July 27, 2023, according to Albemarle County sales records. Council gave the Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority $5 million toward a $10 million purchase of 74 units scattered across the city. And Council also agreed to the use of $5.9 million from the CIP Contingency Fund to purchase land along the Rivanna River 
to prevent it from being developed. No one spoke during the public hearing. listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement. And in today's second subscriber-supported shout-out, Charlottesville Community Bikes wants you to join them for their annual Valentine's Day fundraiser, Bake and Bike. On Wednesday, February 14th, costumed bike couriers will deliver pre-ordered bags of scones all around Charlottesville. Bags will include six scones, chocolate chip and cranberry, baked and packaged by Sweet Holly's Desserts, and you can add a personalized note for the recipient. Deliveries will be made between 11 a.m. and 5 p.m. If you live outside their delivery area, you can also pre-order scones and pick them up at Community Bikes on Wednesday, February 14th. They are limited to 160 bags of scones, so order as soon as you can. Visit charlottesvillecommunitybikes.org to learn more. more stories to go today, and here's the first one. A committee of elected officials who make decisions about transportation projects has endorsed a letter of support for a federal grant to further evaluate a bike and pedestrian bridge over the Rivanna River to connect woolen mills and pantops. If awarded, the funds would pay a firm to conduct preliminary engineering to help further refine a cost estimate for a project that failed to qualify in the most recent round of the Virginia Department of Transportation's smart scale process. The project had a cost estimate of $42.5 million. The project has been championed by staff at the Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission, an organization that doubles as the federally mandated Metropolitan Planning Organization. Sandy Shackelford is the Planning and Transportation Director for the TJPDC. The MPO has um, done a significant amount of work to uh, move forward from a feasibility study that identified two potential alignments to create a bicycle and pedestrian bridge um, between Pantops and the Woolen Mills um, area of um, Charlottesville and urbanized Albemarle County. A lot of that early work is posted to the TJPDC's website, And you can take a look at that in the link in the newsletter. There's a nine-page document that lists the early history of the project, a memo from the firm VHB to the Virginia Department of Transportation with two potential alignments, a three-page document with answers to questions from a November 12, 2020 virtual workshop on the project, and a two-page summary of feedback from the online workshop that was held on November 12, 2020. In 2022, the MPO selected an alignment that would connect at the Wool Factory at the end of the county's Broadway Street corridor. Shackelford said the smart scale scoring for the bridge showed a high number of benefits, but that that the $42.5 million cost estimate was too high to qualify for funding. The project had a very high price tag due to a lot of unknown contingencies being constructed in an environmentally um, sensitive area and not having a good understanding of the mitigation mitigation measures that would be required as part of that bridge. The preliminary engineering would seek to answer some of those questions through hydrologic and geotechnical analysis. The technical aspects of the project would be administered by VDOT. 
The MPO applied for a raise grant last year, but did not qualify. Shackelford said the Federal Highway Administration encouraged a resubmission. The MPO Policy Board agreed. There's a link to the resolution for details in the newsletter. This MPO meeting on January 24th was the first for City Councilor Natalie Oshrin. She wants to make progress with implementing more options for non-motorized transportation. My priorities are very transit-focused, um, bike lanes, buses, pedestrian accessibility, and to get people out of their cars as much as possible, which um, is going to be necessary if we're going to hopefully see the density that we're inviting with the new um, upzoning. Also at that meeting, Supervisor Ned Galloway took over as the chair of the MPO Policy Board. More from that meeting in future installments of the program. Finally today, this is just a series of cool things I find when I do research into the county's, Albemarle County's, land use records. And this is coming from something called zoning clearances. These have to be approved by the staff in community development before something new can happen in a particular space. There is no guarantee that any of this stuff is necessarily going to happen, but I have tried to say which ones are approved and which ones aren't. Let's go. The Battelle Corporation has filed for a zoning clearance for the reconfiguration of a satellite office in a suite at Town Center 2 in the North Fork Discovery Park. There's a new name for the convenience store at 4842 Richmond Road at Boyd Tavern. Albemarle County has approved that zoning clearance for the name change to Cold Creek Country Store. A defense contractor called SRC Incorporated is refitting an office at the North Fork Discovery Park to accommodate an additional 10 employees for a total of around 40. A new self-storage facility is being planned for undeveloped property on Rio Road directly across from the Northside Library. Cameron Property Seville seeks a zoning clearance for what will be called Go Store It. A restaurant space at 29th Place will be converted to a retail use, potentially. J.P. Morgan Chase is planning to open a retail banking center in 29th Place in what appears to still be Red Crab Seafood Bar. I have reached out to the people who run that organization to see if they can provide more information. A new business called the Rhinestone Cowgirl Boutique has filed for a zoning clearance to take over a space at 5548 Seminole Trail, one parcel south of the Green County Line. A previous business on the site was called County Line Country Mercantile. A business called Crozet Seafood Supply intends to open a space in the shops at Clover Lawn. According to their application for a zoning clearance, they expect to be open six days a week for takeout service and no inside dining. They will replace the space that has been occupied by something called Bacchio. And finally, a 2,400-square-foot conference room used by the University of Virginia Foundation at the North Fork Discovery Park is being converted for use by a company called Virginia Retina Consultants. More land use information as we continue on. But that's the end of number 630. 
When I was younger, I was always in awe of journalistic organizations that had a big archive of audio they could pull from. In almost four years of recording online meetings for the purpose of sharing information, I'm now in organizations that can pay people solely to curate all that talking. I can say with all sincerity that I can now imagine when I'll be writing these types of messages four years from now, because there are hundreds of people contributing some amount of money towards this endeavor. I am honored and grateful, and none of your funding is going to waste. If you'd like to join in, please know that I write a personalized thank you to everyone who pays for a subscription. Ting will match your initial payments, be it $5 a month, $50 a year, or $200 a year. And with more revenue coming in, I hope to hire someone soon, barring a personal catastrophe. That's the end of this one. Goodbye.